Hi, and welcome to the podcast, Making Sense, brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. I'm your host, Emily Bigham, and each week I'll be taking your questions to the experts to help you make sense of your money, pun intended. Hi, and welcome back to my conversation with Kevin Driscoll, Vice President of Advisory Services at Navy Federal Financial Group. In part one, we discuss retirement planning, and now we'll get into investing in today's world. Job security is a big deal because you can't even think about an investment until you've had job security. Um, yeah, I, th- I think uh, you're you're exactly right on that. Um, job security during a pandemic, job security during the uh, any of the you know the internet bubbles or any any the Great Recession. It's it's always a concern. Your employment, you have to feel comfortable in your employment. As a business owner, that's a double-edged short sword because you're also a business owner and you're an employee of that business as well. So uh, you may have established a retirement plan for both you and your employees, and you're going to have to make some decisions in some tough markets. Maybe well, you forego. No, <laughs> sorry. That's okay. Maybe you forego. <laughs> this is an emotional contributing- topic for people, so I'm really trying to like you know. I know we do have a lot of military members, but for people who don't, this is probably even more important and. When you putting your eggs in all in one basket, you know, we we're talking about this earlier. Do not do not rely on your job as your only source of income and your only thing that you have going. Make sure that you diversify. And if you don't have money besides your job, what are some steps that that members can do? And and I know that is a tough question. It's very situational. And that's why I'm kind of encouraging it, because it's that's when you probably do need to go seek help the most is when you're in. That sort of, you know, people who already have the investments, already have the house, already have the stocks. I'm not sure that they need a ton of help. They definitely need guidance and they have, they're taking big risks. But what about for people who, you know, they lost their job and they don't have the balanced portfolio? One of the very first things people should start doing when they, you know, get their first job, get employed is have an emergency fund. And the the bigger you can build an emergency fund, the more you're able to react to um, events like the pandemic, um, you know, the rainy day fund sort of thing, or isn't, or is that a little bit different? That's a little bit different. Um, you know, the, the rainy day fund may be something that, uh, is, um, used by many people during the Christmas time, you know, it's okay. I'm going to, people feel like they can dump, jump into the rainy day fund and pull money out of it. But if you name it the emergency fund, that's a little different story. Right. So, it's like the happy cash fund. That's right. right. So <laughs> just just the terminology of what you're calling these accounts uh, can uh, make a difference in what you're going to use it for. But um, Are they in different places? Because I would imagine that it's probably a good idea that when you're setting aside money, you don't necessarily have to set it aside in a Roth IRA. You can have different accounts where, you know, this is my rainy day fund or my, you know, whatever. And then this is my emergency fund. Is there is there a difference between one that's just sitting there waiting for you and you don't get any penalties for when you actually take it out versus I feel like an emergency fund? Is that almost like a. You know, we have a lot of different uh, accounts here at Navy Fund and a lot of different things that you can put cash into. So is an emergency fund maybe something that potentially if you take anything out of it, you get docked for it or like what what's the is the difference just in the name or is it in place that you so, keep it so there's some couple there's a couple of rules of thumb and um many people don't like rules of thumb i like rules of thumb i like rules because <laughs> makes because it easy they, they i come me. from a military family though so i'm very i'm very like 
I need rules. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me what to do. <laughs> right. So um, the the period of time that you might need that money, the shorter that period of time, the fewer penalties you want to erode that. As an example, if I put thousand uh, dollars into a savings account uh, at Navy Federal, if I take that out, there are no penalties. If I put $1,000 into a five-year certificate of deposit, there is a penalty for taking that $1,000 out, but you're only going to lose some of the interest that had accrued. You're not going to be below your $1,000. So, you know, as, as you, as you, what prioritize, what does that mean? <laughs> as you prioritize your buckets, yeah. you know, the, it's really good actually to have penalties on long-term money. So if you invested whoa, in whoa, Tesla. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's good to have penalties. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. So what does that mean? <laughs> so you, you talked about Apple, you talked about Tesla, you know, some of those Google, Facebook. Um, if I'm invested in those for retirement, the penalty of taking money out is actually lack of growth. If I take money out of Apple today, 10 years from now, it may be worth twice what it is today. So the penalty on taking money out today is really hurting my future use of that money that I put into Apple. So if you own stock right now and you sell it later, it doesn't really matter. So, okay, hold on. I'm trying to like kind of think about it at a really, really high level. So if you own stock today and then it grows. If you take the money out now, then when you say penalty, you mean the amount that you get taxed on it? So, I'm sorry, I'm... so from a uh, investment perspective, there's a, you can use the word penalty and attribute it to many things. You know, there could be literally, you look up a uh, in the uh, conditions and terms of the account, and it says penalty, you know, $50 for transferring your account. That's a penalty. But you can also say that a penalty is by taking money out prematurely because then it's not growing. So you're penalizing yourself from not keeping it in there and allowing it to grow. So if I put $5,000 away for my retirement, that will double to 10,000, will double to 20,000, 40,000, $80,000, if I take that money out before it has a chance to double and double, I just penalize myself. So you have to wait. I, okay. I'm, I know I have so many questions about this, but I have kind of been trying to balance my portfolio. And so, you know, I have a little money in stocks and I, I have a um, certificate that I actually got here at Navy Federal. I think actually, Martin, I think it was a project you worked on. It was like the te the three, 10 year, 3%, whatever. I don't even know. See, that's the problem. I don't even know. I just put money there. Um, and you know, I when someone gets a marketing promotion and it seems like a really good deal, how do you know if it's a good deal? <laughs> and then to your point, it, it, I promise it does connect back to what you were talking about. But um, when we talk about like penalties and all of those types of, you know, the the language that we use here when we're kind of working versus people who are you know reading about it, what are what are the keywords to look for and where can you go to to like like, do you have to go to a disclosure or a disclaimer or how is it going to be very obvious? And is this specific to Navy Federal or anywhere that you get a product? 
that that was like 50 questions. <laughs> if you want to read the fine print, <laughs> where can you go? <laughs> you know, I think I think today that uh, there's uh, trans more transparency today than there's ever been. You know, you think about your 401k and the fees that are paid on 401k, the, the transparency of those fees is far greater today than it's ever been. The transparency of what are the penalties if you were to um, have to break your certificate before maturity, that's right on the credit union's website. Um, everything is there um, for the consumer today to find out if there is a penalty to that investment imposed by the financial institution. So, um, don't hesitate to look for it. If you're thinking about money for a rainy day, if you're thinking about money for an emergency, if you're thinking about taking money out to help put kids through college, whatever it may be, you really need to go to that website of that financial institution. And nine times out of 10, it's going to be easy to find. It's Transparency is really important in today's market. All right. Yeah. So I, and that's probably, that was a good answer to my 50 questions about what if you're confused and you don't know. Um, but, but I did want to go back to the question about um, a credit union versus a bank. Are there differences in the products that are available and the penalties or is the penalties specific to what type of investment, regardless of where you get? Well, the, the huge difference, I think, from a credit union to a bank is uh, member first, you know, for the credit union, it's always thinking about the member. You know, how will this affect the member? Versus a bank, it's shareholders. So we always have to improve the share price of the stock. We have to make sure that the investors of that bank are taken care of. So it's really important from a credit union's perspective, especially at Navy Federal, you know, when we, when we talk about uh, specials, certificate specials that you may have taken advantage of that, uh, Martin told you about. Yes, thank it's, you. It, thank you to both of you. Yeah, I don't know what really, they do, but I, but I trust <laughs> you guys. So <laughs> I um, guess that's the point, right? Trust. <laughs> exactly. So the credit union really is giving back to the member. They're giving back to the member in higher certificate rates and lower lending rates. So, you know, if you have to use a credit card, chances are the interest rates that you're paying on uh, revolving balances are lower at a credit union than they are at a bank. May not be true a hundred percent of the time, but um, as a guide, that's what I that's what I believe is that you'll find member centric products at Navy Federal Credit Union. Yeah, I mean, and this has been a really great conversation uh, for me personally. <laughs> I really try to put myself in the member's shoes, and sometimes when I when um, we're talking about all these like really big picture things. It's good for a certain audience. And then, and then I have to remember like, wait, but I have questions and <laughs> like, I'm sure other people have these questions. So I really appreciate you, um, you know, coming online today and chatting with me. And uh, is there anything else that you want to yeah, talk I, about? I'm here. <laughs> I do. I do want to go back to a comment you made um, because I think that's a, um, a misnomer kind of um, what people think have I accumulated enough money to go talk to somebody? And I think that's, I, th I think you need to talk to anybody, whatever situation you're in. Uh, having a financial advisor, um, ha having that conversation with a financial advisor 
just because you just got started or you're 10 years from retirement, don't think about the amount of money you've accumulated because you're 100% right. That is going to say, you know what, I really haven't accumulated enough. Um, I'm going to go talk to somebody and it's going to look like I don't have a lot of money. And in your situation, it may be that you have a lot of money because you want to retire at a different level than your neighbor. You want to retire differently. You want to have priorities of um, travel. You want to have priorities of visiting grandkids. You So don't, don't think about the money. Don't think about, do I have enough money? If you have any amount of money that you've accumulated, it's a good time to go talk to a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so, it's always a good time, right? So, Absolutely. Don't be intimidated yeah. I mean, by others. A strategy that I've used or uh, something that I've kind of realized is if you feel like you're wasting money and you're like, oh, you know, just, I really don't need work. But, but then again, you don't really have anything else to spend the money on. So you're just kind of like, eh, you don't have to think about it too hard. That's when I feel like it's really good to have one of those like set it and forget it type of accounts or where a part of your paycheck goes in or when you think about like an investment, sometimes I think people think saving, which means like holding on to money. But it could also mean going and purchasing that car that you want and that you've been waiting for. But, you know, just go ahead and do it if you have the money and then you won't you'll be more concerned about the money that you have left. And it will help you, you know, kind of think more about what are you spending this money on? Does that make sense? I, I don't know. Absolutely. If that's, I feel like that's probably like a mid mid career, mid uh Career well, I, I think, um, and, and I talk to uh, my kids. I have uh, grown children, and they're. What does they're, that mean? They're Am I grown? Their, Am I a grown child? <laughs> <laughs> they're in the, they're in their thirties and are married and have families. And uh, um, you know, I talk to them about the pressures, just like you talked about. Sometimes it's good to have pressures of alone pressures of how much money do I have left in the account because you're not willy nilly spending money because I don't have anything else to spend it on. So having pressures of, I have a loan payment coming due next week. Well, then I, I I can make coffee at home today. I really don't need to go to a coffee house and spend $5 on a cup of coffee. I can make it myself. So I don't think that uh, those pressures you talked about um, are bad because uh, they keep us in check. Yeah. They, yeah. they keep us financially sound. I'm going to go back to another military child, you know, haunting thing. So I had that wake up call or, you know, <laughs> when it came to uh, car payments. because um, so I was living in California and I'd moved out to the East Coast and my dad had helped me buy a car. And um, for a while, like it, we were we were both paying for it, but it was like a set it and forget it type of thing. And then he did warn me. He was like, you know, one day it's going to be cut and you're going to be you're going to have to pay for the rest and you need to be managing it. And I was like, okay, completely forgot. And well, I didn't forget, but then, you know, when it time came, I hadn't planned for when those, I had to start making those payments. And that was a wake up call. And that was like, all right. And, and thankfully, you know, I, I was in a, I was managing the rest of my money fine and wasn't you know going nuts, but I didn't realize how much I needed to think about it until I was almost at the at that little brink. So it's it's probably better to wait for those types of wake up calls than like the big wake up calls. <laughs> um, and it's maybe a good it's maybe good to practice a little bit with that too. Like set aside money and be like, okay, can I budget with this amount of money this week? Like, what is my what is my threshold? Yeah, it's it's funny you mention that because as we um, as we get a little bit older, those uh, wake up calls we had earlier in life help us avoid wake up calls later in life. 
And so those are good scars. Those are really good um, situations that will develop some of your um, later decision making. So um, it's kind of like the app, the uh, the digital investor app, right? That's, right. that's kind of like right. a it's almost like training wheels, and you can kind of play with that a little bit and see like, okay, where were the smart decisions, the not smart decisions, based on how well you're doing, or yeah, I, I think you're right, but. I think I also think that uh, as people put money into um, an application like a digital investor, it's not it's not something that you should go into. I have a thousand dollars, and I don't care if I lose twenty percent. I don't care if I lose two hundred bucks. You know, it's um, it's something that may turn into uh, future success for you. It may create enough revenue, may create enough um, of an asset to help you meet a goal. You know, you may be saving for um, sending the kids to college in five years or 10 years. And um, if you have less money um, because you're just playing around with it, you know, it's it's hard to tell your child, well, you can only go to school for three years. Um, I know I told you four, but you can only go to three because I lost your money just playing around. So, <laughs> It's really important to take your investments very seriously, even on an app like Digital Investor. Um, it's a learning tool. It's it's something that it is, you know, um, learning with uh, training wheels on, but it's not something that uh, we work too hard for our money, I guess what I'm saying, Emily. Yeah. We work too hard for my money to throw 20% of it away because ah, I was just learning. So going back to my question about like the risks and what are like the big risks, it's almost like as long as you're paying attention and you feel like you're you feel comfortable with it and you've talked to people and, you know, you've you've done your own research, you understand what's important to you, you can sleep at night, um, you've talked to someone an FFG and you have a balanced portfolio, then, you know, I think as long as you have it's almost what do they call it? Um, like almost like a planned risk or uh, is there a word for it when you think about. You're taking a risk, but you're almost like people who take big risks. They always say like, well, I didn't really take a big risk because I did so much and prep for it. Yeah. Educated risk. I guess. Yeah. That's, I guess yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> we talk about that with members all the time. What is an educated risk and what is uh, uneducated risk, you know? And so if, if you want to put money, for example, into a certificate that pays 1% and inflation is 2%, your risk is that that money is not going to keep up with inflation. It's not going to buy as much tomorrow as it did today. If you're comfortable with that risk, it's an educated risk. Go ahead, take it. If you want to put it into a balanced portfolio and you know it may go down, it may go up, I'm comfortable with that risk. So an educated risk is uh, really what you want to do as you move into retirement. Take take educated risk versus uneducated risk because the uneducated risk is, uh, that's tough. That'll keep you up at night. That'll, that's tough For to bounce sure. back from. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've, I've definitely kept you too long. Um, and But I've really been enjoying this conversation. I've learned so much. Um, and I, it's funny, like thinking back to an hour and a half ago when I was like, how are we even going to talk about how to plan for retirement during a pandemic? Like every word in there, plan, retirement, pandemic, all those words are scary to people. Um, so I really appreciate the fact that you've been able to kind of help help me understand Um and in um, make sense of all of it. Um, and just to make sure, is there anything else, any last words that you want to get in there or say? 
Where can they find you? Where can the people find you? People NFFG. can find uh, NFFG through, cool. yeah. uh, through the Credit News <laughs> website. Uh, we we are available um, simply by typing in NFFG into the search uh, within the Credit Union's website, and and our pages will come up. Um, but uh, NFFG, like you said earlier in the conversation, is a wholly owned subsidiary to the Credit Union, and uh, we. That means that uh, because many of the products that we offer for our members involve risk, um, they're not protected by uh, NCUA. Um, the risk that you may have less money is real if you make an investment in Apple. It so may go see. down. So, so you, do you have to apply for a Navy Federal membership and an NFFG membership or one comes with the other? You do not. So. You don't uh, necessarily have to be a member of Navy Federal Credit Union to work with NFFG, although probably 99% of our uh, clients that we work with are Navy Federal Credit Union, mem- credit union members. Um, being a wholly owned subsidiary, we are a CUSO, a credit union service organization. Uh, so we benefit uh, the members of the credit union. So you operate uh, a little bit differently, which is why you're separate from Navy Federal and why you don't have to be a member. And I only ask that question because I know that um, there's a lot of questions about um, business, the business side of Navy Federal, the business solutions. And you do have to apply for Navy Federal membership and then you have to become a business member. So just wanted to make that distinction in case um, in case that was a question. But that that's that's great. So, uh, well, thank you, Kevin, so much for, again, joining me. And this, I know this went way longer than it was supposed to, but that's great because there's so many interesting things to think about and questions, even though, you know, retirement's an interesting word. Um, and a couple of things that we talked about. So we talked about some of the products, um, but I think rather than getting really into the products, you mentioned the Roth IRA is one of the most popular. And then also um, digital investor, if you're, if you're kind of looking to play in the stock market a little bit. Um, but, but what it really comes down to is managing stress and also just making sure that you have a plan and there's no better way to do that than to talk to someone who's an expert and someone who knows you, which is, this has been a really great conversation and thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and thanks, thanks for having and me. thank you for everyone for tuning in. This is Emily Bigham. I'm your podcast host for making sense and you can download and subscribe to making sense anywhere you get your podcasts. Navy Federal Credit Union is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration. This podcast is intended to provide general information and shouldn't be considered legal, tax, or financial advice. It's always a good idea to consult a tax or financial professional for specific information on how certain laws may apply to your individual financial situation. References to and participation with the military community does not constitute organizational endorsement. Navy Federal is an equal housing lender. Navy Federal Credit Union, our members are the mission.